The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain, chapters 6 through 10. We're going to focus our class discussion primarily on chapter 6. And while the introduction of Jim to this story, or the reintroduction of Jim to this story, takes on a much more serious tone in chapter 9, we're going to focus primarily on what is said by Pat Finn in chapter 6. As we previously stated, the reader is introduced back to, introduced back to the world of Tom Sawyer, and the reader kind of expects a little bit more of the hijinks, of the pirate adventures, of sort of the youthful nature of that first novel. But very quickly, the darker tones are very present. In chapter six, it's just like a sprint. Huckleberry Finn kind of glosses over the abuse, the physical abuse by his father. He glosses over the emotional and mental abuse by his father. And we get these sort of rapid fire paragraphs that go from my father's back, he's beating me, he's drunk, he's asking for money, he gets money, he gets in trouble. And we just sort of accept these points. It's just, this is just part of Huckleberry Finn's life. But in analyzing him and breaking this character down to try to better understand who he ultimately becomes at the end of the novel and what could be his future, we have to really break down and understand this chapter. Because what is being presented while we know it's both it's physical and it's emotional and it's mental as well, abuse, we have to ask ourselves what or how does this interaction with his father influence him? Mark Twain is very focused on presenting Pat Finn as a character who is out of control. Society and life is seeming, seems to be passing him by. And he's full of this rage. Rage that his son is wealthier than him. Rage that society won't let the money that is Huck's be just handed over to his father. Rage at the government, at the country, at race. When we talk about the use of the N-word in this novel, Pat Finn is using it in a way that is full of hate speech. There's nothing casual about how he uses the word. The violence in his voice as he talks about black Americans being able to vote, being able to read, there's an element of a fear that black people are going to surpass him and that his whiteness is truly the only thing that elevates him from the hogs he sleeps in in those hog pens. So that status of being white is the only thing he has going for him in this society. And as we analyze these chapters, as we think about Huck Finn, 
and ultimately this issue he's going to find himself in with what society has told him is right and wrong versus what is actually right and wrong in his heart when dealing with Jim, his father has that mentality already. And he's decided that black Americans cannot be put above him and that his whiteness needs to be maintained above all else. In this section, we see him almost try to murder Huckleberry Finn. And Huckleberry Finn presents it in a way that it just seems not as serious. Pap calls Huck the angel of death. And as we get to chapter 7, Huck fakes his own death to escape Pap. We have to go back and remind ourselves that in chapter 6, Huckleberry Finn is kidnapped and taken away and locked away. So, and he says at times, you know, it was kind of nice being not at school. Pap was showing up at school, trying to rip him out of class, trying to beat him if he could get there or not. It's, it's a heavy chapter. And as you look at it, it's important to think about what this means for, for Huck as a person, his mental state, his mental health. Because we get very much sucked into this idea that what Huck is going through because Huck makes it seem normal, is normal, and there's nothing normal about it. So Huck escapes Pat. He fakes his own death, and he heads out. And we get a return to form in Chapter 8. They're looking for his body. We see Tom Sawyer from a distance as he's on the boat. We see a number of other characters we're used to hearing about in the Avengers of Tom Sawyer who are reemerging in the Avengers of Huckleberry Finn. And then he finally runs in to Jim. And Jim thinks he's a ghost. And when Jim tells Huck that he's run off and explains what's happening, Huck is at a crossroads immediately because society has told him that, that Jim needs to be returned. Jim is property. But very quickly, this first moment, this gut reaction, and we we're going to learn Huckleberry Finn follows his gut more than anything that he'll allow people to call him a low-down abolitionist, but he won't tell. And it's one of the first major moments we see of Huck saying what society has told him is not right, and he breaks from it. And, and while this is going to be an ongoing issue for Huck as he goes through this novel, as the story advances, this is a major step, because what he feels in his heart, what he feels in his gut, is that Jim isn't equal to him. But it takes a long time for Huck to come to that conclusion. Because even though Huck in many ways lived outside of society, the influence that society had on him, whether it was going to church, just having Jim presented to him as a slave, and his father is going to be always in the back of his mind. Those aspects, that communal aspect is going to be there. In chapter 9, he talks about, while they're on the river for the first time, that this is the nicest time that, Jim, that Huck's ever had. There's peace there. And we see the floating house, and Jim looks inside and sees the dead man. There's a pause there. There's a protective nature to Jim that's established in chapter 9. And in chapter 10, we get back to some hijinks. 
Huck tries to play a prank on Jim that gets Jim ultimately bit by a snake. And Huck doesn't want Jim to know that it was him who caused the problem. And this role of the conscious, the guilty conscious, is one that we need to keep an eye on. And ultimately, chapter 10 ends with the return of even more hijinks, with Huck deciding he's going to dress like a girl and, and head into town to try to get more information. We need to consistently balance the frivolous, fun parts of this book with the heaviness that needs to be focused on. It's not that the fun parts need to be pushed aside, but we need to continue to look at the violence that is present, the treatment and abuse of Huck, what that does to him and how it relates to how he interacts with other people. Because while Huck is sort of presented as an easygoing kid who means well, those demons are still very, very present. And we need to analyze that in the small ways that they do appear.